It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com. Oleg Karnavalov, welcome to the show. Welcome to Become Your Own Superhero. <laughs> Thank you, Lucas. Thank you. Thank you for inviting. It's been a tumultuous journey trying to make this happen, Oleg, and I want to thank you for your patience and understanding. Uh, I've been very, I've been excited. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. The work you do is very interesting to me, and I know uh, it'll be very interesting to other people as well. They may not have even come across um, any of the subjects that you talk about in your work. But there was a, uh, I want to start off with some, with a quote that I heard from Helen Keller. Um, I didn't actually hear it from her, um, but I saw it written down, and it says, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. And my question to you is, why is that? Even if you are blind and you know where you go, it's still okay. Yeah, it's more difficult. But the main thing uh, or the main trouble comes when you don't know where to go. And if we talk about leadership, if I don't, what kind of a leader I am when I don't know where do I lead people? Uh, we're getting into a situation where a blind leads deaf. It's not good at all. At the end of the day, your life is is amount of impressions. It's not amount of facts, because facts tend to be forgotten. But impressions comes when you you go you go through a really interesting journey, and that's about having a vision. In real life, we have two main assets: life itself, but it's given to us. And vision help us to define that highest purpose. Why do we live? You see people complaining about their life all the time because they don't know where to go. Why do they live? Why do they exist? What is greater? Their daily problems or their goals or purpose? So vision is critical. The same about businesses. If you don't know why your business exists, beyond making money for, you know, to, to bring food on the table. Why people should see value in your business, why they should support you, <laughs> why they should commit themselves to it. And that is quite important. Yeah, it's, uh, and thank you for sharing that. Something that struck me the, one of the first times we spoke a few months back and you were, allowed me the honor of reading you a chapter of my book, yeah. And uh, and I said, "Hey, Oleg, what do you what do you think?" And you said something that's really struck me. You're like, "Why does it matter what I think? It's to do with, um, it's to do with with what I think." Uh, are you able to expand a little bit on that? And do you remember exactly what we spoke about? <sighs> Putting you on the spot here. We are too dependent on a public opinion, but public opinion is opinion of those who 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 don't care much and you know what your message is about what's a lesson you have learned what's a conclusion you have made out of this lesson or lessons and in this sense we all talk about most important things for us in different 
way. We communicate our passion differently. And one ex someone could express, I love you. And someone would express, look, your coffee is always ready. We discuss things in a different way. The main point is beyond what kind of impact, of what kind of a value I want to bring to people. You can't make exactly the same value visible for everyone from different sides of the world. Everyone will take their lessons from your message. And therefore, it's not about... Otherwise, all those classical books would be written in the same verse. Well, spe speaking of writing books, you've written five books, I think. Yeah. And the most, the most recent one being The Vision Code. You've written uh, Hidden Russia was your first one, Organizational Anatomy, Corporate Superpower, Leaderology, and then uh, the most recent one, The Vision Code, for those watching is the back behind your left shoulder, and oh, yeah. it's been a, a really <laughs> successful selling book. Uh, no doubt has impacted your life dramatically, but I'm keen to know in terms of the impact that it's had on your readers, what are some of the what's some of the feedback that you're getting um, in, of the way in which they've been impacted by what you've written? The I have learned a tremendous lesson for myself when I do do write books. It's not about what I put on a paper. It's about how this work, how this project impacted me. And I was talking to one of my friends after I finished this book, actually to Marshall Goldsmith, and he asked me the question, what's your experience after writing this book? I said, Marshall, this book impacted me more than everything else I have done in my life. Then I started getting, you see, being an author, it's, uh, I got it from someone. It's like telling a joke and waiting for two years for response. And <laughs> I'm lucky enough to get a lot of responses immediately from people from across the globe. Uh, it's like, you helped me to save a few years of my life, not being wasted, but being purposeful. So great. So, uh, because it's a practical value for people. Somebody said, hey, it's helped me to make a leap into a super league, you know, in terms of how I think and how do I act. And it is impact. It is about making that impact. Not just, oh, I'm influential. Oh, I'm big on social media. No, it's not about this. It's about making an impact. Uh, because there are many books which are well-known but not impactful. It's about making that impact. Do you have a favourite uh, piece of feedback or uh, um, some praise that you've received from someone from your book that you'd like to share? <laughs> you know, being named the, the, for the because of this work, being named the Da Vinci of visionary leadership. Heck, it's a lot of responsibility, but that's probably the greatest <laughs> praise I received so far. It's a it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant. Enough, sorry, you go, you go. But funny enough, what I have realized, many people after this book being published started putting on their social media like visionary leader, visionary coach. And I'm just like, hey, guys, you immediately realize that you're looking forward. <laughs> that was fun. Because I, I was uh, doing a bit of research trying to find some profound quotes. Uh, and I came up, there was a couple in there that I found that were attributed to you. And I wonder if you remember these. Uh, Self-discipline means establishing an authority over one's habits, routine, and priorities, and not being under their control. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's because if I can't control myself, uh, if I 
I don't know why should I control myself? Why should I do something? That becomes just a very lousy kind of life, you know, because uh, when you're self-disciplined, you know why do you do this? And not because, oh, I must do without understanding why should I do this? And that makes self-discipline as a guideline. It doesn't make you as some kind of an obligation. It's a guidance. And it, I'm not about to be in control myself. I'm about to be leading myself. And that's very different. The work that you do, Oleg, you're in the, the Marshall Goldsmith 100 coaches. You're the third Marshall Goldsmith 100 coach we've had on the podcast. Adrian Gostick mm-hmm. and Jennifer Goldman uh, Wetzler as well, two previous guests, uh, both with um, very different backgrounds as well. Uh, do you do most of your coaching in Russian or in English? Or I do very little in Russian. I do mainly internationally, and it's from Asia to America, you know, from across the globe. And I have uh, a, a course on vision leadership, coaching certification course, and I have people from uh, almost 25 countries in my course so far. So I do it mainly internationally. And you see, I was recently named amongst the top eight global leadership experts, and I was shortlisted for the leadership award by Thinkers 50, which is Oscar in management. And that is a good recognition for me. It's it's a great summit. Yeah, it's wonderful. And, and there was the, uh, the you were rated, rated the number one coach in the world for social media impact by uh, given to you by Marshall Goldsmith as well at some point. Oh, yeah. Uh, the the reason I ask about the Russian link is is um, having a Russian fiance. It's been a really interesting experience because we watch quite a lot of American movies that she's never seen because I I really like them growing up and and mm-hmm. uh, and she she likes a lot of the stuff that I like and she's watching where there's almost always a Russian protagonist or a Russian bad guy and she's she said to me what is it with the, these US movies like. Uh, uh, Russians have no beef with the Americans, yet the Americans seem like there's so so much beef. And I suppose I'm curious to know, like, is there an appetite for as much self-development in Russia as there is in other parts of the world, um, particularly the Western world, or are they not as likely to open up? Well, even it's not about nationality. It's about type of people or types of people. Because think... Uh, I do work with executives on the toughest and the most important subject, visionary leadership and vision. And I could say I'm blessed working with people who think boldly. It's not for everyone. And it's nothing about nationality. It's about people who prepare to think beyond themselves. You could meet people in America, in Canada, in the UK, in Australia, across the globe who would be saying, yeah, 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 leave it. So it's nothing about those things. Who are the great hero or who are bad? No, it's nothing about this. It's about those who are pushing the world further, further and further. In this sense, it's nothing about nationality. It's nothing. It's about value. What you could create for people. Yeah, of course. When people, those Hollywood, yeah, makes those movies, they need to show some kind of <laughs> rough guys. But I okay. think I think it's hilarious because I've met a lot of Russians through through Anna, and mm-hmm. Russians are some of the nicest people I've ever met on the planet, <laughs> and um, have well certainly the family have welcomed me in with open arms. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm looking forward to spending some time in Russia. And I was the re- the kind of the half reason was Oleg that I was thinking about maybe if we lived there for a few years, I could learn the language and I could share some of the the knowledge that I have 
in another language that ordinarily may not be available to to people that uh, that, that, that don't speak English. So that was the, the rationale behind that. Um, it's a universal thing, self development. And I, but I'm curious to know what are some of the boldest visions that you've been able to tease out of these executives that you've been working with over the years? In fact, every vision is greater than a person himself or organization. So even if you it's regardless of a scale, somebody is working on a project, I would call it in short, like to make the UK green again, because uh, they're more concerned about the next generation of British people who would be living in a true clean environment. Great project, but it will take time. Somebody hit a nail because I think, okay, we need to understand that mayors of towns in a particular country should work and look at things differently. And it, it seems to me this project rolls out very well. And so there are different examples. Uh, I would put it in a slightly different way. I have calculated with my clients a return on investment ROI on such projects. Average is 3,000%. You could imagine an impact. <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty good return on investment, I've got to say. <laughs> pretty, believe me, very good. <laughs> it's better than any index or uh, or uh, or share market, isn't it? Yeah, you're becoming really valuable, becoming really unique. You need less resources because you you're clear on what you do. You're clear what do you need. So it's not about chasing everything, and so losing everything. Your your childhood, Oleg, your, your background, what was it like growing up for you as a young man? Oh, tough and fun. Growing in the north of Russia, uh, former Soviet Union, you know, with all uniformed and expected to be the same uniform, brainwashed, that was fun, you know. But those days were cool, you know. You got that <clears throat> childhood freedom, <laughs> and it's uh, you could see. Yeah, it was tough, and it was you know not as bright. And you don't have many luxuries. In fact, none. <laughs> but it was cool. You know, it's a great lesson. The, the reason I ask is that have you noticed any similarities happening? in the West at the moment with regards to what's happening in the world that's giving you an indication that maybe the world is heading towards what the uh, the former USSR had in mind with, with the communism side of things? No, I don't think so, because uh, those communism brainwashing you could see it in some of the countries now, and uh, but yet it's what I believe ideology is a collective agreement based on cultural assumptions who we are going to be, and this common beliefs or common understanding is a decision of people. If they agree to go this way, it's their decision. Because one thing that I, uh, I've noticed, uh, I, I have huge aspirations. I have very big goals, very bold visions, Oli. Mm. And, uh, mm. and I, so I really um, appreciate the work that you do and, and the work that you, you know, the people that you're inspiring. Mm. Our, our political leaders in this country, in Australia, don't, not in the same way. And I think because they don't have uh, certainly an optimistic vision, in my own humble opinion. I think they're missing the point. In fact, at the moment, Australia is experiencing some of the toughest restrictions in the world. We can't even travel interstate uh, to get overseas mm -hmm. is virtually impossible. 
And uh, to come back into the country, there's a, a backlog of 50 plus thousand Australians trying to get back to Australia with only a few thousand visas or permits approved per month. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of talk around Australia about this dictatorial, you know, tyrannical sort of um, comparison to what communism and socialism was like in other countries. And I'm just curious to know whether you've heard anything about from your end. Yeah, but look, it's not about communist or non-communist approach. It's about politicians being not prepared to take responsibility. You see, when you have a vision, which in fact a handful of politicians is they have, it's about responsibility and it's about clear metrics, what I will deliver. They're very good at empty promises. Then they need to correct their mistakes. And they're often blow on the water just to prove that why they're important or why they're in their positions. It's nothing about style, communist style or capitalist style. It's about empty promises. Because if you have a vision, you have clear metrics what people will gain. And that is quite important because they will judge your leadership against their expectations and against your promises. But when politicians talk, they talk in a simple way. Life would be better. Guys, there is no metrics. There are no metrics that could be judged better. Better comparing to what? We make this country greater again. Can you be a bit more precise? Because, uh, so more or less, they're slipping under the carpet, you know, in a way, okay, they are my promises, and those promises are delivered. No, they're just saying, no, 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 we must be tough. Why? We must be strict. Why? We must be soft. Why? What will be the end result of it? Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and uh, I've had conversations with some other former guests, Oleg, about the potentiality of me looking at politics in the future. And the rationale behind it was that I've been unabashed. I've been very open with all of my demons. So I've, I have a history of, of honesty with regards to owning all of the drinking and the drugs and the gambling. And a lot of people aren't comfortable sharing that, but I don't care, right? Like It's really, it's part of my healing process and it's really important. And I think if I was to run for politics, I think because of my legacy of authenticity and truthfulness, that I think that would put me in good stead to be able to say, hey, look, I don't have all the options, but I'm going to surround myself with the people that that do know a lot of this stuff and together we're going to try and formulate an outcome, what what type of language would be the, the kind of language that I would need to use to be most effective to show that I had this this clear vision, this this grand vision? To communicate a vision, you need to understand. I communicate vision to make others the co-owners of it. So what kind of a value for people and what the kind of a benefit they will get at the end for themselves. In this sense, you must communicate facts and you must share emotions. For instance, uh, we will make a life of 100,000 Australians better in that sense. That's about facts, because so many people been through similar challenges, and this is I've been through myself, and I know how to get over this. So you, when you communicate your vision, 
so you share facts, you're getting into a conscious mind. And also when you share your stories, when you share your experience and you get people with the similar experiences on board, you're getting into their unconscious mind. You need both. Who's a political leader in the world right now that does that really well, do you think? Or in the past? In terms of political leaders, you know... Mandela. Mandela's the only one that I can think of right now. Mandela, Prime Minister of United Arab Emirates, recently. You know, he is a phenomenal person. I don't even know who he is. Uh, uh, there are quite a few leaders which we hardly remember, for instance, Carl uh, Gustav Mannerheim. He was a president of Finland. He, even being from Sweden, he was named as uh, father of Finnish nation. And uh, he was very good at those things. So there are quite a few. There are quite a few. But political leaders are still drawn into those political games and they in one way or another they need to give up their promises. So we remember the toughest in this sense. We're really focused. Is this does all this vision work have to be learned or is there an innate uh, no, no, no. It's learned. It is it's always learned. about learning. It's about the way you think. It's about, about uh, it's an algorithm, actually. And I'm and I'm helping my clients, of course, participants with it. learning about this algorithm and applying this algorithm. You can't promise people that within a day or two they will get their brilliant vision. You know, it starts with a mind shift. Because we all have that problem, which I call the mind luck. We're thinking too much about the past. We're thinking a little bit about the present and very little about the future. So when you're just shifting towards thinking about the future, you, you're tuned to it. You're focused. You know what you do. And then there are quite a few traits that you need to develop. And it's nothing about being super gifted. No, it's about being focused on the future. And there are some tools which I'm sharing in my book through the courses or when I work with my clients. And in one way or another, I'm just sharing those things. So we'll have visionary traits. It's about either we're developing them or we're ignoring them. So for, for someone listening at home, and I, here's an example of, an, of a listener, someone who I know listens to a lot of these. Uh, she's a mum. She's got three daughters. She's a single mum. She's got mm-hmm. a job where she works for someone. How, how could this become relevant to her and what she does in her life? Vision is the greatest legacy that you could leave to the next generation. Imagine this mum single mom with three daughters, you don't have much chance to leave a great legacy behind in terms of money, houses, and things like that. She's probably not the wealthiest person, right? But she could leave lessons how to live this life meaningfully. And she would be remembered for those lessons every day. And uh, that's a bit of a difference when we talk about, for instance, goals, mission statements, and vision, because you could leave vision as a legacy. You mentioned Nelson Mandela. We're still using his uh, vision to develop the world further. We don't remember his goals because it goes relevant to everyone in the way how he gets there. And the mission is more of our, more of, of about our promise 
to a society what we will do positive for others along that journey. And uh, when we talk about vision, it's not purely for business, it's for life at first. It starts with us. If I have a meaningful life, I'll be happy, I'll be satisfied, and the people around me as well. But if I don't know how to live, I can't produce anything meaningful. <laughs> I can't produce or create much of a value for others. What's your vision, Oleg? You see, I'm an explorer by my nature. I'm exploring new fields and uh, I'm looking for grand solutions to grand problems. And my vision is to help a million leaders to become visionaries. Because that is tremendous power. Vision is a single and most powerful leadership tool so that helps people to make the difference regardless of their rank scale vision doesn't have gender vision doesn't have nationality or race somebody will say hey i will change my family and i will make my family great somebody will say i will do it in the local level great and somebody will do it on the international level fantastic so it's nothing about just like to be, I would say, boxed. It's about go beyond others. Does it need to have a number attached to it, like the million that you use? And I know Mark Victor Hansen uses it's, a million. It's, it's difficult because you are not getting just like reports. But in one way or another, you need to understand a scale you operate on. If you understand, okay, I'm operating at such scale, it's still gross, that's fine. Would it be 900,000 or 1,500,000? It's still about a huge impact. Mine is the is the following, Oleg, and I'm, I'm keen to open it up to feedback mm -hmm. from you. And it is simply this, to be known as the most positively influential speaker on the planet cool uh sounds great but what happens here we need to to define i could be i could be i could be thinking i want to be number one in the world on something who cares about this what is the value for people but if you say i want to impact so many people in a certain discipline or field, then it would be irrelevant whether you're number one or number 10. It's about impact because vision, it's about value created for others. When you say, I want to be known as the best in such a field, it's about you. I want to be a millionaire. Okay, who cares? That's your problem. But I want to create a meaningful business that would help people to solve a certain problem. And as a result of it, I will become a millionaire. That's cool. So slightly twisted. So what about this then? You've got me thinking. That's great feedback, by the way, because it's uh, yeah. ego is something that I've been sl yeah. slowly smashing as much of it away as possible. Uh, I will wanna... have ego. That's normal. That's, <laughs> That's okay. Just keep it under control. That's fine. <laughs> I want to impact. I want to impact a billion people with okay. the knowledge of limitless mindset, something along okay. those lines. Okay, cool. Just don't jump on that so huge things like a billion people. You better start with something, then expand further. Uh, Have you increased the number for you since you started out in the, on this journey? Oh yeah. I what did. did it start out at? Hundred thousand. I think I already, I'm bridging it now. <laughs> Isn't it funny? <laughs> so it's about, but then I'm just uh, along the way, I'm like, okay, I need to add an extra tool. I need to add more functions to my vision because vision is a multidimensional space in which you invite people to be in. 
But if you're saying, hey, I want to hit immediately a billion people, you more or less is like fixed. And it would be difficult for you to, to edit it, to revise it. So you better learn as you grow. You make it stronger as you grow. Is the fact but that... The, the, that second line of your vision or second version of your vision should be stronger, that's for sure. So you grow from one to another. The core is there, like mindfulness or whatever you want, but it's still about to grow it strong. Because it's, I feel like it's a, uh, it's like, why would you, why would you settle for a million when you could impact a billion? What's the danger in doing that? Uh, you're becoming less focused. You just, uh, you're in a race for numbers. But vision is about quality, because uh, you must be very focused. Billion is a bit of watered focus, too much. Stay focused. Do the million and then and then look at the billion, right? Yeah, I'll look maybe at 100 millions. You know, you better grow in quality. Otherwise, you will be in a race to be that social media influencer who doesn't produce real value but is on LinkedIn or on Twitter has one billion followers or one million followers. So you would be losing that essence of it. One of the things that I think about, Oleg, is the more I dial into knowing exactly what it is that I want to do. Because I only figured out my purpose a couple of years ago, and I'm just turned 41. And I'm very, very blessed to have figured that out because I know a lot of people go to their grave and they don't figure it out. Yeah. But I did work really hard on it. But what's happening is a number of the subjects and the topics that I'm very interested in are becoming more and more uh, unique. And some of them aren't that popular with the current population. And, you know, I'm very focused on health and well-being and natural immunity and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for someone in my shoes that's, that's, that's very clear the direction they want to head, but as uh, managing a lot of hate and, and heat from a lot of external sources? That's okay, because people are, people laugh giving us their problems or their views or their opinions. And that interferes in your thinking. But when you're focused, when you're really focused, you know, okay, those things are important, but what I do is more important. That is good for you. All other things are important for you to stay grounded, to know what people needs, how you could change along the way or where their pain points. But it is not so necessary to pay attention, particular attention to every of those signs. You have your path, you're blazing your path. And so those things are important. Okay, that's environment, you look around, I must be grounded. I know this. Cool. Move forward. That's really, really good, really solid advice as well. And and uh, I suppose the importance of being largely in amongst people that lift you up and that are you know further along the journey than than you. And and I suppose that's why you involved yourself with Marshall Goldsmith. And uh, think for a moment. If we look at news on TV in regardless of a country in Russia, in the UK, in the US. They're all trying to show that the problems 
in other countries are greater than problems in that country. I believe the same would be in Australia. Yep. <laughs> you know, they're trying to tell, we're okay, but you see the guys in another country, they're really in a shit, you know, because they're trying to, to move your focus, your attention from the things you could do and the, you're facing daily, they're shifting your focus from what is necessary to what is not necessary. And therefore you're thinking, hey, we're okay. But it doesn't get you closer to a solution. Do you have any tips for for people to it like I, I find that staying off social media helps me a lot. I don't watch any mainstream news hardly at all, as hard as as that can be. Do you have any other ideas or tips that help oh, with that? Look, uh, I'm lucky because I have little son, and so I'm getting news from Nickelodeon channel. You know, because this Bob Sponge, he always got a funny things, you know, and they actually change the ball, the wording, and it would be the same news. So, but I could ignore it. <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants. It, yeah. is, it is actually pretty funny for a kids for a kids cartoon. It's across the globe, you know, or this famous Russian cartoon is uh, Masha and the Bear. You know, it's also viewed across the globe. That's a fun, but my mind stays clean of out of this crap, and that is quite important because there are too much worries across the globe about things that people, which are made up. Agreed, I hundred percent agree. In fact, uh, getting off mainstream media a while ago has helped me tremendously. Um, and even the alternative media, just it's just, I mean, and I've done enough travel to be in dangerous countries, you know, Colombia and and Mexico, oh. and never had any problems at all. And it's like there's so much fear, unnecessary fear being generated at the moment. No, it's all about if you're good to people, people will be good to you. That's okay. And you could find troubles actually in every country. That's Again, we know this. Just to be sensible. Oleg, I'd love for you to drop a name if you if you're happy to. Who's the most uh, impactful person that you've ever met in your journey along this this vision? No, I can't say exactly. That person is the most impactful. I learned from everyone, and uh, I'm working on a new project now, and I'm meeting new people, and they're all tremendous. I'm grateful for every lesson to every person I have met. It's if I would be judging people by the scale of influence then I would be raising icons, which is not good because I must appreciate, I, I spend a lot of time in the fishing industry and I'm grateful to those keepers with whom I have worked all days because they're on a front line of leadership. They're, they're risking to go into high seas, in the rough high seas and bringing their crew back with money in, in one is back home and that is a great example of true leadership you know I've learned a ton from every one of them and yet I, uh, I'm in conversation with brilliant people like Marshall Goldsmith, Martin Lindstrom David Kass amazing people and I'm learning from every one of them but those lessons are all different So just saying, hey, I'm praising only one person wouldn't be fair. 
It's a good answer. <laughs> it's a good answer. I, 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 you made me think as well because I don't know why I have this fascination with uh, people of influence. I suppose the podcast has brought me within touching reach, really, of a lot of um, – I mean, every guest has been amazing in their own right. It's taught me how human all of these, these you know, more well-known people are. And there's been plenty of conversations where I have been able to impart my own knowledge to someone and, uh, you know, it's taught me the value of just humanity. Uh, I, I really, I'm really grateful for that experience. And you're right that the whole ego side of things, you know, that, that mission statement has been angled the wrong direction. It's, it's, it's got, it's well intended, but it's not, it's not that effective. So I'm mm. grateful for the, <laughs> for the clip around the virtual clip around the year. Thank you. Thank you. What's this next project that you're working on, Oleg? I'll keep it in, but still about I'm exploring this field of vision further. That's only the thing I, would, I could say now. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, answer me this then, Oleg. From a, a spirituality point of view, have you found since you've been progressing along this journey that you've become more spiritual? I wouldn't say more spiritual, but understanding of, I believe in God. But how much do we know about God? Very little. Very little. Uh, it's about me now. I'm just still appreciating a nature of face itself. Why do I believe? And what should I expect? The more you grow, the more you understand your own responsibility within that spiritual space. The less educated you are, you're less appreciating that sense of being responsible because you're still waiting for a miracle. Whatever I do, what happened? You know, thanks God. No, 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 no. The more you grow, your responsibility within that spiritual space grows as well. Do you believe that... I need to ask this question better. There's a book, uh, Messages from the Master, by Dr. Brian Weiss, who's a psychiatrist who specializes in regression hypnotherapy and his books basically document the 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 sessions verbatim. Mm-hmm. And the, the concept really is that we are an eternal soul and that we come in and out of the human form many, many times. Some people have been able to remember uh, 80 or 90 uh, attempts on earth. And every time we we come into the human form, we have this act- self-actualization to try and achieve. And if we don't achieve it, then we've got to come back and do it again. Do you do you know much about that or do you have any interest in that side of things? No, actually not. And again, it's... I don't know much about this. Or I wouldn't say hardly believe it or I believe in it. No. I don't know. I don't know what I will face. <laughs> I would learn again. If I'll face it again, if I will be a cat, okay, I would learn how to walk as a cat. And I think that's the greatest response that you can have, Oleg. I don't know. And that, and what we're experiencing in the world right now is a, a huge number of people pretending like they do know and being caught up in their own in their own madness. And uh, and I'm, I'm put, I'll be the first to put my hand up and say, you know, the, the more I learn about life, the realize the, the more I realize I don't know anything about it. Um, it's helped me a lot. It's helped me day to day. We could assume what could happen tomorrow, but we don't know this. Who been able to predict that COVID would hit in a such a scale? The entire planet. 
It was literally not on any prediction. Well, it's interesting you say that, Oleg, because there has been some some instances where they have been preparing for this. There's some documentation that came out. I can send you something after this if you like. But, yeah, Yeah, I I know what you mean. It's just a proof of the previous words. And now it looks to me those documentaries are more of a made-up stories. Ah, you see, we told you. No, no, no. If you really told so a time back, why no one heard about this at those days? Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's like talking to your wife. She would, would be telling you, I told you, I told you. If you told me, why do you not remember this? Oleg, your book has all of these tips and tricks uh, covered in it beautifully. Uh, how can people get a hold of this thing? Oh, it's available actually in all countries today. You know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, in many shops as far as I know, you know, across different countries so it's available in kindle in paper in hardback in even i have it (laughs) uh okay it looks like that and it's uh, an audio format so people could easily get it over and uh, actually they could visit my website olekkanavalov.com and i do share articles all the time showing different angles how to look at different things or they could join my <laughs> the course or i'm happy to respond messages on linkedin as you know <laughs> actually i do respond that messages myself <laughs> <laughs> well it's a good good place to yeah, and uh surname's k-o-n-o-v-a-l-o-v and i'll put all that in the show notes uh, below so people can just click on that link Oleg, do you have any concluding thoughts for our audience today? We started with a simple message. Vision is probably your greatest asset that you could have in your life and for your business. And we could conclude with a simple message as well. Don't allow anyone to kill your vision. Ladies and gentlemen, Oleg Kanalovov. It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available and not only just bring them on but to develop relationships with them that build into know like and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire you'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience go to podcastingheroes.com it's p-o-d-c-a-s-t-i-n-g-h-e-r-o-e-s.com